When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, live from the 2023 NFL Combine. We are being joined by NFL insider Benjamin Albright. He's going to give us his opinion on the Arizona Cardinals hiring of Jonathan Gannon as well as everything that's going on yeah. with Sean Payton, Bo. Yeah, Sean Payton, I mean, he just made uh, – there's rumblings that he could add to his defensive staff, another kind of LOL, uh, laugh-out-loud hire potentially, and Matt Patricia to yeah. join Vance Joseph. Sean Desai uh, is going to take over. He's the successor in Philadelphia now as the defensive coordinator for Jonathan Gannon as uh, Nick Sirianni kind of rebuilds his staff. But, you know, Gannon exits. You've got uh, Shane Steichen that took the job in Indianapolis. But, you know, what we really were – we continue to be blown away by Jonathan Gannon, how yeah. he has an answer for every question that he asks. Now, we haven't seen him put any of his – all the things that he's been discussing in, in motion, but we yeah. fully anticipate that. But we bring on the guy that first planted the seed – Way back when, in January, very shortly after Black Monday and Cliff Kingsbury was blown out as Arizona Cardinals head coach, we bring on Benjamin Albright, of course, NFL insider, KOA in Denver. And uh, Benjamin, uh, I mean, I think we got to give you your flowers, man. You called it way back when. They were going to interview him. It, it, obviously, with the new NFL rules in place and when you can interview uh, candidates and how far and how deep the Eagles went, you know, the Cardinals just had to wait that one out to talk to Gannon. Yeah, I may have uh, may have put my foot a little bit in the mouth <laughs> yeah. when the announcement was coming, but uh, yeah, I might have gotten a frantic phone call or two. That, uh, but no, I um, uh, yeah, we, we kind of knew this was coming um, a, a while back, and uh, I tried to leave some breadcrumbs out there. You know, maybe they're waiting on someone, sure. so everybody kind of knew what was going on. But yeah, yeah it was um, you know, it, it, it's good. You got the right guy. You know, in the end, I'm a big John Gannon fan. You're gonna have a very smart staff. Drew Petzing is a, is a very intelligent uh, guy, and, and and they're gonna you know do the offense as best they can around Kyler on the defensive side of the ball. Nick Rollis is somebody everybody coveted. You know, yeah. He's kind of viewed as the, the Sean McVay of defense. Uh, kind of a wonder kind of, you know, in, in his 20s taking yeah. over as a D.C. And, and John's going to be more of a CEO type coach. Not, yeah. not really going to take you know the, the defensive coordinator and try to double dip on that. That's, I think that's smart for a young coach. Do you, do you think the Arizona Cardinals in a way benefited from Gannon and potentially having Denver and Houston initially be interested and then for whatever reason go different ways. Like it, it didn't ever feel like Gannon was like the front runner. Certainly he was going to be in the mix, but like the time where we had these openings at the end of the regular season, like I think a lot of people were connecting the dots that Gannon would end up in Houston, no? They were, and this is a long story, so I'll try to make it as easy no, as, as, tell, brief as possible. The whole thing. Um, you know, there was D'Amico wasn't sure that he was going to take a head coaching gig this cycle, and he narrowed down his options, kind of eliminated the other options. Yeah. He, he liked Denver, and he liked Houston. And 
you know, Denver was initially on Harbaugh, and then Harbaugh decided to go back to Michigan. So, they, you know, they go through the interview process, and D'Amico blew him away. Yeah. And so Denver really, really liked D'Amico. They come to tell, hey, you're going to be the guy. We're going to make you the guy, all this kind of stuff. Well, then Denver shoots itself in the foot, flying up to Michigan to re-interview Harbaugh out of nowhere. <laughs> D'Amico finds out about it, and he's like, no, bleep you guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go to Houston. At that point in time, it was down to Gannon or, or Ryan's for Houston. It was always going to be one of those two guys in Houston. And so when, you know, Cal McNair and Hannah McNair, you know, they, they talked about it, and they, they started, like, pivoting. Nick Casario wanted John Gannon, but the ownership wanted their guy, D'Amico Ryan's, come back. There's a lot to that. And so in the end, they kind of they, they, they pivoted over to D'Amico when he left, you know, kind of the Denver thing. And that left Gannon kind of the odd man out on that. Now, Gannon and Monty Austin Ford obviously have a relationship that goes way back, and that was kind of something that once Monty got the job there, that's when Gannon popped up on the Arizona radar. He hadn't really been on the Arizona radar at that point. They'd interviewed a few people, but he, he hadn't been on the interview. It, when, when Austin Ford came in, that was his guy. Yeah. And they played it They played it perfectly. They kept it quiet, you know, kept it uh, under the radar, made mm-hmm. it seem like it was a late kind of thing, but that was really kind of the target all along. Yeah, Benjamin, you've done a good job in kind of highlighting and giving people insight onto who these – Pretty much as far as relative to the NFL unknowns, like Drew Petzing and Nick Rollis, obviously linebacker coach for the Eagles, and then this entire staff that's following Gannon. But what we've been impressed by, and also when you kind of compare it to how slowly things are moving in Denver with Sean Payton, how Gannon has approached his staff, building his staff. He's very convicted in these guys, and they're not household names. They're under-the-radar guys, but this fan base is excited about it. Can you kind of give us some more insight on who these guys are and, and why Gannon has kind of picked them out? Well, he's, he's looking for intelligent guys. You know, I mean, and, and a lot of the pivot in the NFL has been to experience. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily always translate. A guy can been at the league a long time and not be, you know, very good at it. Capacity and yeah. character is what he says, right? right? Two that, things he's looking for from those guys. And that's really what it is. At the end of the day, you want if you've got strong character, the capacity is going to end up taking care of itself, yeah. too. You know, if you've got the ability to, to learn things and improve and at the same time disseminate that information. Coaching is about taking a player and who he is. And take and looking at that player and who his best self is, mm-hmm. and having those two people meet. Yeah, and that that's what coaching is about. It's just, you know elevating those kinds of things, and so that's what John's looking for on his staff is guys that go, okay, I see this guy, and I can make him the best version of himself, and here's how. Guys that have a plan to do that, guys that understand that, and that can come at a young age. I mean, Sean McVay is very good at that. It was very young. Now mm-hmm. Sean's you know getting closer to forty than now, but I mean that's not like some of these sixty-year-old guys that are out there, uh, you know, doing this kind of stuff. So you you can be a guy that's been in the league forever and not be able to do it as well as some of these guys. Pat Shermer's been around the league forever. Yeah. Right. But do we really think that Pat Shermer is going to run a better offense than, than Drew Petzik? No, probably not. Right. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think it, it really is about, you know, what, what they bring to the table in terms of uh, uh, intelligence and ability to adapt to the game and ability to adapt to their players. Do you have an idea, Ben, of how they're going to tackle free agency in the draft when you think about the, the, the turnover and the carryover of so many of Kime and Kingsbury's guys? This roster is littered with them. Now, they've got, you know, a surplus of free agents, but. You know, we've been trying to prepare our listeners, our audience, that, like, really outside of Kyler Murray, like, everything might be on the table for this team. I think everything is on the table. Kyler's obviously going to be back for this year, right. but this is going to be kind of a can we make this work with him and then go from there kind of thing. They're going to give him every opportunity. It's not yeah. like they're, they're looking to move on from him, but they're right. going to they're gonna sit there and do this. Uh, I think there are going to be some painful move-ons. DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. probably isn't going to be back. Right. Um, I, I from what I'm hearing, Kansas City is the primary suitor there. That's going to be interesting to let them get another weapon. But Do you think for their first-round pick or their second-round pick? I don't. Uh, as far as I don't know where the, the draft compensation will be that, I don't think you're going to get a first-rounder for Hop. I'll just be honest with you. But, okay. Uh, at this point, especially with the suspension for the performance, you know, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just not going to – I don't think you're going to get that. But you could probably get a second-rounder for it. Um, I, I, but I do think – Kansas City is, is probably the destination there. We'll we'll see. I just you know like I said, that's a rumor that's floating around out here. So we'll, wow. we'll kind of see where that where that shakes out. Um, it, it, they'll re they'll reinvent the team in the way that they you know the image that they have and what it is that they're trying to do. There's going to be some differences on defenses, obviously, because of how the defenses run. You know, previously with Vance, obviously, you know, I cover the Broncos. I know what Vance runs. Now he's coming back and see it again. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's it's it is going to be different with how with, with some of those things and, and how some of those players uh, are utilized and what players you need in order to make it run. So yeah. there will be some, you know, some guys that are fan favorites that are there now that won't 
definitely won't be back. Do you think it's going to be reminiscent of how he's built his staff, though? It's it's not known qu- uh, commodities. It's guys that he trusts, guys that he knows is going to come in and, and be able to run Nick Rawls' system and guys that can you know compete in Drew Petzing's system on the offensive side of the football. Not, not household names, but guys that he trusts to go and put in the work. I don't know that unknowns is the right way to say it, because if you're in the NFL, you're pretty much a known commodity at this point. But I think it's the right guy for the right scheme. I mean, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be transferring the offense to something different. You, you've previously been running a, you know, a spread offense. Yeah. You, you're probably gonna run something that's a little more zone oriented and West Coast uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You'd advance Joseph's kind of 34 Wade Phillips style, you know, defense. You're gonna be running something that's a little bit more akin to uh, a four man front. You may have an end standing up right now as they transition that. Um, it, there's, there's just going to be, a, you know, uh, trying to find the right guys to do all this kind of stuff, and it's, it's a process. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it takes, takes longer. You look at uh, last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, the defense wasn't very good. Part of that was because John Gannon, I'll, I'll tell you a story here. Yeah. This, nobody knows this. So last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, when they were trying to put together their team, Nick Sirianni gets there, they get their, you know, they're getting all their stuff together the first year, and, and they say, okay, what are we going to do here? John Gannon goes to Sirianni, goes to Howie Roseman, he says, take care of the offensive side of the ball. Don't worry about me. The defense will be bad for a year. We'll figure this out and we'll get it going from there. Yeah. So they did. They invested all that stuff on the offensive side. And last year, you know, the, the, not this past season, but the season before that, the defense looked bad in Philadelphia. It was partially because John Gannon just threw himself on the altar and said, right. hey, look, I'm, you know, let's, let's fix one side of the ball mm-hmm. first and then we'll come back. So then they commit to fixing the defense in the second year and you saw the, the marked improvement that it made once yeah. they got the, the type of players that John needed to make that work. So I think he's going to bring that philosophy philosophy here too. We're, look, we're going we're gonna to fix this as best we can. We understand we're building for the long term, so how do we get to where we want to be? Does that mean you know balancing the resources? Does that mean condensing them to one side of the ball? I, I think they'll probably condense it to one side of the ball, make the offense go first and, and kind of work the defense a little bit at a hmm. time. How do you think Gannon stacks up against this gauntlet of, of elite coaches in the NFC West? I think that was one of Cliff Kingsbury's undoings. I always thought Cliff was an adequate coach, but especially in this division, it, you get exposed by the Shanahan's, the Pete Carroll's, the Sean McVay's. In your opinion, can Gannon get to that level with those guys? Yes, and, and it's because he'll make adjustments. And I know people are going to laugh at me because of the Super Bowl thing, but uh, there's a story behind that. We'll get to that in a minute. The 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 reality is John Gannon, is that's the reason he hired the staff. A bunch of smart guys that know how to make adjustments. Cliff never made adjustments, and that was yeah. the problem. They start off hot, and then you tank in the middle of the season once everybody figured everything out. Right. Yeah. Nobody, you know, everybody knew everything. So they, they were like, I don't know how to beat these guys. Yeah. Um, I, John will make adjustments, and the staff will make adjustments, and they won't they won't be as predictable as far as that kind of stuff goes. The Rams, I mean, that's a team that's getting gutted right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, Stafford's on his last leg. He's got a bad back, a bad elbow. It's a team they're gutting, and they're paying the price for kicking it forward like they have uh, throughout the years. The Seattle Seahawks, they're sort of in a you know quasi-rebuild. Is Geno even going to be around? They're going to go in a different direction. You know, what's what's gonna, the offense going to look like there? Um, and, and then, you know, you've got uh, San Francisco in there, which is a very good football team. That's, mm-hmm. that's who everybody's chasing. Yeah. Um, you got a uh, you, you got a strong cover three defense there, and you got the the offense. They got to figure out who's going to be the quarterback, but it, it just works. So you're gonna that's who everybody's going to be chasing. I, there's no way there's there's I mean Arizona could easily be second in this division. They could be fourth. I mean that's that's your that's your window right yeah. there. I don't think you're overtaking 49ers year one. Do you get there eventually? I, that remains to be seen with what they do and 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 how the staff and how this team comes together and what Kyler looks like in the system. But for right now, I think you know I think second place in this division is wide open. Yeah, we we saw Vance Joseph his, his staff kind of exit before he exited, right? Just because how things kind of went down in, in in the timeline on that. Are you hearing of anybody that could possibly player or coach that could follow Vance Joseph? There weren't many coaches, so is there any players? Because we didn't see it like the reverse of it. When Vance Joseph left in 2018 after his tenure as Broncos head coach, he didn't like bring his guys from Denver. So does he do guys? I mean, they said he could have been the front runner because of all the respect he commanded. Could somebody come follow him to Denver? Uh, it's possible, and Zach Allen could be one of those guys, yeah, especially yeah. with the Broncos letting uh, Draymond hit the market. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. I don't think that they're after the corner there. Uh, Byron uh, Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they're after Byron Murphy. I think they're pretty deep at the corner and on the yeah. back end. But um, obviously, you know, Chris Banjo comes over as a coach mm-hmm. uh, and followed him. But I, I think you're really, if you're looking at that team, I mean, Zach Allen's probably the guy, if there's going to be a guy that just fits, you know, what it is they're trying to do. Um, you know, overall, I don't. You know, maybe he gets one of those you know, quasi-positionless young guys to, to you know, in trade or something like that. I, Isaiah Simmons, if John can't find a role, they can't find a role for him. Maybe that's somebody to bring mm-hmm. over. Yeah. I'd love to see Zayvon Collins, but I don't know that you're going to be able to pry him <laughs> right. loose. Uh, so that you know, th- those kinds I don't of know things. If Simmons would even want that trade, though. I mean, I feel like if it was Zayvon Collins, probably he would embrace it. But I felt like how VJ 
handled Simmons at the beginning of last season. I mean, Travis Kelsey roasts him like he does everybody. Right. And then he sees 30 snaps the next two games. I, I mean, Simmons, it made him a better player, but I don't know if he truly appreciates how he was handled. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's something to factor it's a great, in there. It's a great point. Those I mean, are, I mean, when you're looking around at who's going to be, a, who would be available, right. Robin, you know, and you got to figure out this defense because you're going to go, like I said, you're, you're, you're transitioning from a, from a 34 cover zero to a, to a 43 too high. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit different in terms of personnel. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So Sean Payton, new head coach of the Denver Broncos, <laughs> connected to Arizona and now becomes the head coach of Denver. And like these two franchises, there's so many similarities. They've got these polarizing quarterbacks, right? We were here at the Combine last year. We're fast forward to 2023. New head coaches for both franchises. Now, they were both connected to Gannon, both connected to Payton. Like, what's been your overall take for this Sean Payton saga? Was he ever an option for the Cardinals, or do you think that it was a leverage play to better his chances with a team like Denver? Both. I mean, I think that he was sort of an option for um, for Arizona, but it was really more for the ownership side of the house. You know, Michael Bilbo. Austin Fort really kind of had his eye on Gannon the whole time. Um, I, You know, it, Sean Payton was the third option for Denver. Right. You know, and, and it's so funny because everybody was talking about the hottest coach this cycle and all this stuff. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why did nobody invite him back for a second interview if he's the hottest coach this cycle? Mm, yeah. You know, go, so, it, it, I mean, Jero Averro got second interviews everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's you know, it, that that part was of interest to me. I, I think that he would have, there, if their discussion had gone down the road there, they, that could have been a thing. I think in the end, uh, they just kind of had their guy with John. And we're just kind of waiting on that. Luana Rumo had a, had a good, they had a good meeting there, but I don't think that was ever as serious as the media was letting it on as they were breadcrumbing trying to wait for mm-hmm. Gannon to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the rest of it goes, though, I mean, you know, Peyton coming out to Denver, I think it's a good hire for Denver. Um, it's, it's a little bit different situation where you had a one-and-done with Nathaniel Hackett. In fact, he got hired in, fired in season outside of Urban Meyer. Last time that happened was the 70s before Bill Walsh was hired. Um, so, And that guy attended his own outgoing press conference. <laughs> Somebody asked him if he was surprised he got fired. He said, I haven't been surprised by anything since I found out they didn't make ice cream cones filled to the bottom of the bottom of the cone. Oh, man. So, you know, it's, um, it, it's just I, I think the Denver situation is wildly different where you needed experience back in the room. You right. saw a guy who was in over his head in, in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and I wish him well down the line, but you know he was just in over his head. You yeah. know? And so you needed uh, Sean Payton to come in there and, and kind of set the ship right. It's a proud franchise that hadn't been back to playoffs since their Super Bowl, um, and they, they've got to turn this thing around. You've got a ton of money invested in Russell Wilson. You've got to yeah. find somebody that can maximize him, at least you know, see if there's anything worth doing that. So You're in a safe place here. And, and this yeah. fan base, our listeners, our viewers, felt spurned to an extent with Sean Payton, so we can maybe air some dir- dirty laundry. And I know that you, you're trying to like embrace this hire for Broncos fans, and it's good. I don't, I don't think anybody would disagree. I think we would be pumping up Sean Payton as the head coach but how you see things playing out because you know there were the early reports that he was putting together this super staff and then it just kind of seems like uh, who's available yeah who who can I get at this point it doesn't seem to have any kind of flow to it any kind of relationship but who's available can I get him well everybody's putting together super staff right just like everybody gets everybody (laughs) they want to in the draft right right um you know I, I do think that there was an element of that and he was you know Vic Fangio was on the docket but that was all when Sean Payton was getting one of the LA jobs Right. Which was the initial plan. When he came out of the booth, it was, I'm going to leverage everything else. I'm getting this L.A. job. It's going to be that. You the know? Charger and job, then, you think? Either one. And then Sean McVay didn't retire, and they didn't fire Brandon Staley. They, right. You know, and so like he had, had put this thing together to kind of, almost kind of take the Chargers job because if you think about it, Brandon Staley is a Vic Fangio disciple, and they're mm. running the Vic Fangio defense. Joe Lombardi is a Sean Payton disciple who's running the offense. Mm. Sean Payton says, look, I can bring the originators in. You can fire <laughs> these guys. I can bring the originals in. Yeah. You know? And so there, there, was a, there was a kind of an element of that. When, and then when none of that happened, and a lot of people internally feel like that he took the Texans virtual interview that Monday to, to try to nudge the Chargers after that d- disastrous mm. loss to make the firings, and then they didn't do it. Um, so, so that staff that was geared for that, you know, just didn't kind of come together, you know, with all that uh, in the end. Vic Fangio coming back to Denver would have been odd. You know, he'd just been yeah. the head coach. There were people in that locker room who had public statements that they couldn't walk back. It mm. was just, you're going to wind up paying him $6 million a year. That's more than you're paying the fired coach that you just, you know, and hack it to be a head coach. Um, so it was just, it just wasn't going to work. So Vic goes on to Miami. Well, now all of a sudden you got to figure out the D.C. thing. You bring in Vance. Uh, bringing him back still weird, but not as weird. Right. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, Joe Lombardi was always going to be the guy. Of I, I, I never understood this stuff that, like, people are like, oh, he's an all-star coordinator. I'm like, Sean Payton's going to call the plays, and it's going to be Joe Lombardi. Like, what do you guys, you know, <laughs> this has been his, his dude. So um, the, the surprises to me were kind of some of the young guys, like the Davis Webb, yeah. you know, the Chris Banjo thing I know because 
Vance recommended him. Like that, that's not as surprising to me. But uh, bringing Westoff back, you know, are they going to hire Matt Patricia in some role? Possibly. They're still working on that. I, I would say sixty forty. They do, but it's more wow. about him being an analyst, run game. You know, the title game, how that is. Yeah, yeah. Where he's yeah. a consultant than it is an actual position that's or anything wild. like that. So yeah, it's 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 possible that happens. I, I again, I would say sixty forty. It does. Uh, if I put you on the spot, going back to the Cardinals and, and Petsing, do you think Jacoby Brissett is their starting quarterback to begin next year, or do you think it could be somebody else, depending on when Kyler comes back? Yeah, I, I, uh, Jacoby, they're going to look into that. I don't know 100% that they're going to get that thing done, yeah. but you know that that's one they will look at. There are other names out there that uh, uh, that could be involved. Minshew, uh, you think he's an option? Uh, yeah, one. Uh, and you know, as uninspiring as that is, Colt is right there and knows that. Yeah. You know, he knows that offense. Um, you know, I I was there for the the Colt versus Ripon uh, yeah. you, know, you know game, obviously. So God bless you. Yeah, the I, backup bowl, the oh, backup bowl, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty. It was a highlight of a year, yeah. and, and a year that get progressively worse as it went along. That was one of the highlights, oh, sadly. Man. So, um, no, I, I I mean there there are options there as far as that goes. I I really do think the Cardinals fans need to look at this as a building year. Think right. of it as year zero. Don't think of it as we haven't been to the playoffs in this long or we didn't get it done with this with Cliff. And right. to start off when you get a new staff and you new people in there. Rethink of it as year zero. And if you think of it, it's easier to understand that this is going to be a building year. You're not going to win as much as you want. If the ball bounces right, you could backdoor your way into a wild card and, th- right. and that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's really not a situation where, you know, we're all in on this year. We're right. pushing it. Super Bowl or bust, yeah. you know, kind of thing. That's that's not realistic. But should we expect, like, a sacrificial Gannon, though? Just like you mentioned in his first year in Philly, where he was just willing to kind of wear it for a year and realize that, hey, this, we're going to take our lumps, but it's for the better good. Like. And Monty Austin yeah. knows what that looks okay. like. And so that I, I do think, I'm not saying it's, it's going to be a disaster, but I am saying that they are willing to do what it takes. It's, they're willing to sacrifice short term. It's a necessary evil in order I to mean, build the long term. Yeah, right. I mean, there's no depth on this team. They went 4 and 13. It was, it was more, I mean, Kyler played the bulk of the season and you still didn't get the results that you wanted. This was they needed to hit their full reset, needed to rebuild some things, and it's gonna it's gonna take some wear and tear. Uh, one free agent that he could potentially bring with him from from Philadelphia, do you um, think? Gardner like Johnson, maybe. Yeah, I mean, really? I know he likes some of the guys up front, but Gardner Johnson's such a tone setter, and you put him back there with Buddha, and, and you got something, man. I so mean, do you yeah. deal like a Jalen Thompson? Or I, I don't know how you work that out. I mean, Simmons? there's there's a bunch of different ways to do that, and Simmons, I think, becomes a linebacker in that scenario. I do too. But, yeah. Um, but but I, I yeah with Jalen, that's kind of the odd man out but see I'm, I'm telling you man like he's like the the nfl's patrick beverly yeah you know man. like you, everybody hates him except the guy whose team he's on yeah, and you love because yeah. he's that guy yeah. he's that he's, he's the guy get in, in the mix with the juju stuff that's what F- he does yeah. though he's that guy and he sets the tone it reminds me of if you were the broncos when akeem talib was there of you course know? I mean, yeah, you yeah. need a dude snatching, snatching chains. chains you gotta have yeah. one of these not everybody yeah. can be a choir boy and so having having a guy like gardner johnson out there man i'm, I'm telling you like like fans like if he can make that happen along the defense like the, the eagles defense is going to get gutted just, be, mm, just by virtue yeah. of the, the the money numbers so there are going to be guys that are there look along that defense front as well because they're going to have to change the front that you're, you're already operating out of. Right. So, look, so look th- on that. they're going to run a 4-3 four th- four defense. I, I think they are. I mean, you may see some hybrid transitional stuff, but eventually I think it'll be a 4-3. With Will Anderson hopefully in the Hassan Reddick role. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you guys are going to wind up with Will. I, I think I, you're at three. I think the phones are open. I think you trade back. Uh, I, think the, I think the Bears go back to two and then back to four, wind up with Will. I think you guys go backwards a little bit, wind up with some, some good players in a big hole as well. You think, the, okay. It's interesting. Oh, are we talking like we're st- staying in the top ten, right? Carolina, I, Vegas. Ideally, uh, yeah, I think Carolina is kind of the limit as far as yeah. where, how far back you'd go. So they're open. They want picks. They're for open few- for business, and, and it's smart. If you're a, a GM and a coach in your first year, why not get the bankroll big so you can parlay that forward to yeah. a year? What happens? Let's let's play this hypothetical game. Let's say Kyler doesn't work out. All right, let's just say it, it happens. Hi, God forbid. Let's say it doesn't. Well, if you've stacked up the draft picks, and next year you can shoot up the board and find yourself in the in, in the mood for a for a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, are you really mm-hmm. passing that up because you've already got the draft currency available to do it? So it's better to be prepared for that. Yeah. And it doesn't happen, and now you've got this extra draft capital you can keep rolling forward. I love what the Eagles and the and the Dolphins have done than to not be prepared for it and show up and be like, well, now we can't get either one of these, and this didn't work you've out. You've been pretty adamant. You think Houston's going to one. I think they are. I think they are. Could um, that they, happen this week? Uh, I could. Yeah, very much could. I, I do believe that they're uh, they're actively trying to move back from that. They, uh, the Chicago is, and Houston wants to make sure they cement Bryce Young as their guy. So uh, that that's going to be interesting to see when that gets done. It could be done. There this. was an easier path to that. Do they know that? Yeah. <laughs> Until Lovey was like, hey, current team, Double, I'm hooking yeah. my old team up. So, yeah. 
Double birds. Benjamin, Un- you're yeah. the man. Yeah, that's great. Great insight. Un- you can't find anywhere else. Benjamin Albright, of course, you got to follow him on Twitter. At Albright NFL. Benjamin, we'll talk to you soon, man. Enjoy the rest of the time in Indy. We'll see you out we'll there at the uh, yeah, fine yeah. establishment. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make the rounds tonight. Give me a text. But uh, yeah, it's good to course. see you guys. Enjoy John Gannon. Thanks, we man. Will. Unbelievable awesome. stuff. Great stuff. Man, oh, man. This team, buckle up. Get ready. Let's ride. No, let's not do that. Uh, we're going to talk about what Monty and company had to say today. Uh, we talked about uniforms, Isaiah Simmons. But I want to tell everybody, DraftKings right now, uh, combine odds are, are available. I don't know if specific like props are available, specific to players, but I know you can bet the over-under on 40 times. I've got Shane Diefenbach off air. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me, yell at me real quick what an odd I can get on DraftKings. He's putting he's, the finger up real one, quick. One second. Give him one second. Okay. He's, he's trying to load it on the spotty internet here. We lost internet earlier. We did. That's um, why our show was a little bit late. All right. Let me go first because we talked about going out into some nice establishments okay. here in Indianapolis. If, if we were trying to round up a crew and, and go out, I want to take them to Four Peaks. The, but there's no Four Peaks, unfortunately, in Indianapolis. Yeah. But uh, there is one in Tempe. Okay. And there's one in the airport of course. at Sky Harbor. You can find Four Peaks beers in your grocery store, your gas station, convenience store. You can find it all around your great state of Arizona. Yeah. They've got your, your favorite beers. We had a couple before we took off. We had Kilt Lifter, yep. had a Wow Wheat, the Arizona's number one wheat. Shane had a hazy IPA. You can't go wrong with any of the brews over at Four Peaks. You can't go wrong if you go get dinner. You go get lunch at Four Peaks. Go get yourself an appetizer, maybe some, some dessert. You can't go wrong with the atmosphere. Check, catch a beer, catch a game. How about Katie's uh, son's debut tomorrow? Ooh. Be a great place to go watch that at Four Peaks. Synonymous, drinking a cold one and watching a sporting event. You don't want to miss out on that. Plus, they're teaming up with the McDowell Mountain Music Festival, the yeah. M3F Festival. It's March 3rd and 4th. You can go grab your tickets at M3FFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
Here's a highlight. We got to talk to Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for today, and one of the many questions was surrounding the future of DeAndre Hopkins. Here's what they had to say. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, we're, we're looking at evaluating everybody. I know this. He's, he's a premier receiver that you have to have a plan for, and he uh, severely limits you with how you have to play defense when you defend a team that he's on. So uh, look forward to getting to know Hop a little bit. And like I said, I've went against him a lot of times, played against him a lot, and um, he's a valuable asset for us. Uh, I've had a, had a conversation with DeAndre um, and, and DeAndre's represent, representative. Um, those have been very productive conversations. You know, I've, I've watched from afar um, the last 10 years or whatever it's been with DeAndre and have, have been on teams that have had to compete against him. I've seen, seen the player that DeAndre is and, and what he can do on the field, and I know he's tough to defend. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's on the team. And, you know, I think with, with him or with, as it goes to any player, those are situations that we'll address as they come up. Um, but I'm glad DeAndre is on the team right now, and I'm, I'm happy to be on the same team with him. I'm not sure. AK, I'm very sure that we're going to deal DeAndre Hopkins for picks because if you go and find the T. Higgins clip from their GM, they basically said, stay away. T. Higgins is not available. Monty Austin for Jonathan Gannon have had every opportunity to do that this offseason. And instead, they're kind of beating around the bush, which leads us to believe, as we've talked about with our guy Jordan Schultz on the show, insider yeah. Benjamin Albright just a few moments ago, Diop. He's in his final days as an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah, and, and Monty Austin Ford was transparent there that he said he's talked to DeAndre Hopkins and he's talked to his representation. I mean, what? why else would they have those conversations? Mm-hmm. I mean, here you have a guy that's going into his age 31 season uh, coming off of a team that went 4-13 and in the writings on the walls. We just uh, outlined with Benjamin Albright you know, very well that this is a rebuild. Now, could it be ahead of a schedule rebuild? Sure. Yeah. But the the likelihood of that happening and DeAndre Hopkins contending for that ring that he's seeking at this point in his career and what he's trying to put on his resume uh, for the Hall of Fame, it's it's likely not happening here. So you can find a, a mutually beneficial deal for both sides to have DeAndre Hopkins, who probably has one, two solid years, really good years left in him in the tank, uh, and then he can go contend for it, and the Arizona Cardinals can help expedite a rebuild by adding draft capital. All right, so I'm pulling up. And cap space. All right, so Benjamin Albright on the show, word on the street here in Indy, saying that Kansas City is a team to watch, and we had talked about Kansas City. That's what we had uh, – that, that was who they had the betting favorite months ago. Um, so Kansas land. City has pick 31. Yeah. Ben kind of adamant. I don't that think that's out of play. You don't think so? No. Okay. Let's yeah. let's assume it is. Let's just assume. Let's play a little game. Okay. And assume it is. Are you comfortable with pick 63 and one of their two fours? So 122 either from Miami or 134. So they come and they say a two and a four for D-Hop. But it's, a, it's basically the latest two you can get that's not a comp pick. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? 63 and 122. I don't want to be an entitled fan or a fan that is unrealistic with where he is in his career, but I think you could do a little bit better than nearly a third-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. I think you could hold out and get close to a first-round pick. You do? Yeah. You don't think Chicago's going to want to play for – to, to be in that conversation. Well, our, our bros from CHGO want to play in that ballpark. Yeah. Come they on. Had, they you had got, Ryan Pools on their show they earlier. Also have, but then you're looking at only a few picks better. That's 56 that they have from the Ravens. I think, to me, and of course it is, it's going to come down to Let if me you ask can you get an this. additional Let pick. me ask you this. If you're Monty Ossiford, if you're Michael Bidwell, and you've talked to DeAndre Hopkins, and there's mutual respect there, and they're, they're, both sides see the reasoning for moving DeAndre Hopkins – do you do him a solid that if it comes down between Chicago and catching passes from Justin Fields and you get a few picks better or sending him to play with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City for a few picks worse? Do I think you do the, him that solid? I think the appeal Or do you also, go for the best? You go for the highest pick possible? Typically, I would say it's the best pick, and I'm inclined to, to say that is my answer, but I also think there's the factor of moving them to the AFC and knowing you just played Kansas City and you're probably never going to have to play DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think that that plays a part in it for Michael Bidwell. It may not for Monty Austin for it and JG because they have no ties to, to D-Hop outside of joining the team right now today. But I, I, I think that, again, I think they're going to get a second-round pick and some change, whether it's a two and a four, a two and a five. And again, when you when you get that late in the second round, I think it becomes because we talked we discussed a mock trade from the Giants, and it was like a second and a fifth. I think when you get close to where it's a third-round pick, it becomes imperative that you get a, a second and a fourth. 
Yeah, that's fine. And they have two fours. You think that, I mean, Kansas City's roster w- was littered with young players last year yeah. that got experience. I think this roster, obviously it's deep. It won the Super Bowl. So I it's going to be tough for them right now with, I think they've got almost 10 picks in this draft. Like, they're the team with pick 31, 63, 95, and then two fours. Like, they're a team to watch, absolutely. And their receiving core was below average this year. I mean, Juju, you would assume, is not coming back. You know, they made the trade for the kid from the Giants. He's under contract. He, he's making no money, right. even though it was a first-round pick. That's really about it. And Kelsey's, Hardman's a free agent. Kelsey's older than Zach Hurts. Right. Did you know that? I did, yeah. It's so, pretty wild. The, I mean, they're... Their window is wide open with Mahomes, but I think you you, you try to double and triple down and, and put your knee on the throat of the rest of the people in that conference, the rest of the teams in that conference. You come out of the gate with DeAndre Hopkins. To me, like, you, you ask for their one, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if they can't do that, do you potentially do, like, I don't know, some pick swaps along the way? You got to get a sweetener. If you're just doing 63, I would say I agree with you. That's not good enough. 63 by itself for Hop. I'm almost inclined to keep DeAndre Hopkins. But if you do 63 and a 4 and a 5, I mean, that, those 4 and a 5 with this regime could end up being rotational players yeah. next year. Could end up being starters down the line. We just heard from Benjamin Albright say the team wants to trade down and get more picks from 3 potentially, and I think we need to prepare ourselves for this. Maybe a 1 next year. So I asset acquisition. Asset acquisition, and we need to... But let's my, refocus this, this conversation. Let's talk about the wide receiver market. I mean, terrible. Kenny Galladay just got released, and he's probably vying for one of the more talented wide receivers that's available. I think DeAndre Hopkins could get traded this week. Yeah, and I think that you can drive the price up because of the lack of talent that's available at that position. You so, don't say that today. When they when Gannon goes, right. I'm not sure. If you felt like that you weren't no. close to I'm something. I'm not sure he's, he's a pretty good player, though. Yeah. That if if you, we have to have him, I, I like having him on my team, but yeah, I'm not sure. If you're going to long play this, then you say, we love DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. We're going to feel fortunate if he's on our team. I don't know. something. I have no source on this, but something tells me that they're, they might be close to something here. To just kind of rip that Band-Aid off and say, okay, we have our capital. Get your receiver. You obviously want to deal him ahead of free agency. Gannon talked to him. Yeah. Gannon's been the coach of this team for two weeks. He hasn't talked to the top wide receiver. Yeah, I think I think the writing is on the wall. I think we could get a Bears trade down this week, and I think we could get a D hop trade this week. Wouldn't that be something? Let's do it. Um let's make a deal. Let's talk about Isaiah Simmons. Okay. All right. So we asked a bunch of questions today, and we asked multiple questions on the former top ten pick for the Arizona Cardinals, including uh what the hell position does he play? Here's the response. Uh, we're working through that. We're working through that. So Isaiah, you know, we're the defensive staff is in their process of, of evaluating the roster and, and where guys fit and, and positionally where guys are going to play. And so we have until May to uh, to make that decision, and, and we'll we'll make that decision when it's appropriate. So we still got some time on Isaiah, but you know, I know Isaiah is an extremely talented player, and he's big, he's long, he's fast, and and uh, you know, I think I think we'll be able to find a a good way to use him this year. Yeah, good question. I look forward to figuring that out with him. You know and the coaches you know I'm not it's not going to be hey you're stuck in this box this is what you're doing we got to see what he can handle physically and mentally and know that he's uh he's a unique skill set guy and we will use him accordingly so there were some answers in there and then there were some non-answers yeah this is my opinion watching and listening in person and now on repeat I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be on this team this year mm-hmm. I don't think his fifth year options getting picked up I get, I get the same sense. It really feels like if, if Monty Austinfort is going to exhaust between now and May yeah. and try to find something, some reason to pick up his fifth-year option, which would be in the realm of, what, 12 to $13 million mm-hmm. to play, we don't know yet. As we saw from Jonathan Gannon, he said, we're going to find out together. <laughs> okay, okay, you're going to find out together throughout this offseason. You, Nick Rollis, are going to look at the tape, and you're going to, you're going to talk to Isaiah, and he's going to be poised for probably his best season in the, at the pro level, but it's not going to be with the comfort of a fifth-year op- option. This is going to be his prove-it year. Yeah, and I think uh, I'll agree with Albright. I think he's a linebacker. I think he's been a linebacker, and I think in a 4-3 scheme as a Will or a Sam, I like that fit for Isaiah Simmons. I think if that – if that's not his position, nothing is. Then he's mm-hmm. a forever tweener because I I don't think he's a traditional edge rusher. I don't think he's got the bend. I don't. He's certainly not a three four inside backer that can get his nose dirty. We've seen that, right? He's been exposed in the run game. He's been exposed in coverage at times too. I think w- the linebacking core that you could potentially see 
this year. 4-3 defense. Yeah. Zayvon Collins is your middle inside linebacker. You've got Isaiah Simmons at either Will or Sam, and I think they're going to sign that kid White from Philadelphia. And I think that's going to be their 4-3 defense. But I also think Isaiah Simmons, barring you know an all-pro, Pro Bowl-level season, which could happen, I think he's going to be set free in the market next year. I think he's going to get a nice contract from somebody, and I think they're going to take their, their compensation pick. Look at Tennessee, look at Philadelphia, and look where they spend money. They don't spend money at the inside linebacker position. They just don't. T.J. Edwards was a guy that they that was an undrafted free agent that they developed over five years, and under Gannon and Rollis, he flourished, right? Yeah. He's going to be a free agent. He's probably going to get paid. I don't know if that's somebody that they want to you know, pay right away. I don't know if that's – they just don't want to invest in that position. They want to invest in premium positions. Like Jonathan Gannon, you'll hear him later, and, and he'll, he'll echo this, but he said as far as defensive tackle and edge – those are premium positions that we want to invest in. Yeah, it's not it's not stand up, you know, sideline to sideline linebackers. Like they no. feel like they are such good defensive coaches that they can they can take somebody and make a, a dog out of them. Yeah, like a late day three pick. Right. So but that's why they want to accumulate these assets. So I don't. I, I I think we're on the same page here, where we don't feel like there's gonna a deal to be done, a trade to be made with Isaiah Simmons, but they are going to not pick up his fifth, and they're gonna let him play out this season, have a good season go into free agency, and then potentially the return for Isaiah Simmons is a good season of play and then maybe a, like a comp- compensatory pick. Yeah, we'd have to do some additional research to see what non-fifth-year option players got an extension from that same team. I'm going to guess the list is, is pretty small. Going into your non-fifth-year option year, you don't get your option picked up, but then the team turns around and signs you. Like the Reddick situation would be yeah. the closest, and the Cardinals I mean, couldn't, it, couldn't it, get a deal with him. It kind of it burns a bridge, right? I mean, and I, I think Isaiah Simmons is not somebody. So then, that's, do you just trade him then? So you just move on him? No, I mean, you just have a, a an affordable option of of, a, of an athlete. Yeah, I'll disagree because I you listen to the guy who just sat next to us talk mm-hmm. about they want picks, they want assets, they want to trade down. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes to you and will give you a third round pick for Isaiah Simmons, you don't think they're listening? I know you wouldn't do that, right? But it's like they don't value the position. You, you, They're not picking up. At some up his point, fit. you have to feel the team this season. <laughs> you know, like you can't. I you can't. Even though he did say, like, Gannon, go get his own guys from we, Philadelphia. But you have to spend money. I mean, the, the team that plays in the the two teams that play in the Super Bowl, players get overpaid, and, and that's the toughest yeah. team. Is key, toughest part about being those teams is it's and especially in the cap league is keeping those teams intact, like. Kazir White, T.J. Edwards, the four defensive linemen that are free agents, you know, the cornerback and James Bradbury, you can't pay everybody. And you can't, and if you're the Cardinals, you can't go over, overspend on those positions either. People are upset in the chat saying, what are you talking about, Johnny? I'm not saying I would trade Isaiah Johnny Simmons is, for a third. I mean, it continues his streak. His Iron Man streak of slandering Isaiah Simmons continues. Listen, Congratulations. I asked the t- no one was asking those <laughs> questions. I said, John, do you know what position he plays? We're going to find out. No one knows. Or if they know, they're not telling us. Like that that to me is he said we're going to find out together and it, it that that was a more uh when he's definitive answer to New England it's a more of a defensive definitive answer than we'll see I just threw a third out there I'm not saying he'll go for a third I'm using it as a barometer when a guy like Roquan who was about to get his payday goes for a if second If you can take TJ Edwards undrafted out of Wisconsin you can take Kasir White yeah. and you can turn these guys into like high hundreds tackles and God, TFLs and if you if you can if you can develop Isaiah at all, he's he's a he's a player for you. I, let's not like overlook that Isaiah Simmons made like four game changing plays for the team last year. That one that included you know the, the second week of the season where they won the football game because he forced the fumble on Hunter Renfro. I, li- I like Matthew's comment because he's keeping receipts. Johnny was slandering Simmons on the Revenge of the Bird pod on draft. Never day. heard of that podcast. Well, that's that's where can neither, I find that? Neither here or there. <laughs> the point being. I wanted Tristan Wirfs to check the tape. So did I. All pro tackle. So did I. But I also, when (laughs) when Simmons fell to them, I said, yeah, well, I get it. I get it. And we know who was drafting him and what he was in love with as far as, oh, here's this this master of, uh, here's this uh, jack of all trades, master of none. We don't know what we're going to do with him, but we're going to make him drink out of a fire hose for a couple seasons and see what he what he remembers. I want to be wrong on Isaiah Simmons. I want him to play well. I don't think that at this point, with Kime gone, with Cliff Kingsbury gone, with Vance Joseph gone, I don't think anybody's wrong at this point. The, the, it's a new regime. Like They view him as whatever they want to figure out how to view him. 
And but I just don't think it's gonna at the end of the day be a trade. It just doesn't make sense to just let what, it play out. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you if you're gonna trade it for a third pick, third round pick now, you could get a compensatory third round pick in a year. No, in 2025. Right. So it's 2023. What right I'm talking now. about. Well, yeah. So you're talking about for the 23 draft. No, no, no. Got it. Yeah, yeah. If somebody comes to you and says we need Simmons on our team this year, here's a third to, for you to spin right now. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to be taking, if he's going to be taking grenades as the <laughs> default leader on the defense, which he is, I mean, like, are, it's music to my ears. I could see him starting a, th- a third round rookie inside linebacker, and just like this is my new TJ Edwards. He's going to call the defense. I, I don't. What, patience is key with this. With this, for team. sure. Um, so. You mentioned a, a good point. Uh, premium position inside linebacker is not, according to Jonathan Gannon. Here was he and Monty Austin for talking about their philosophy surrounding the third overall pick. Yeah, I mean, I you know probably not going to get into too many specifics. Those those are three players that I have you know studied and we'll, we'll continue to study and anxious to meet with them and and do more work with them this week. Those are three talented players and they all bring different skill sets and they've had good college careers. Um, so you know we're excited to, to dive more into them and 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 see exactly how they would fit for for our team moving forward. Yeah, those are two premium positions with how we want to play defense in Arizona because we know that they're impact positions. Uh, so we'll evaluate those guys like we evaluate everybody but uh, you know those are premium positions and and uh, if they fit being an Arizona Cardinal then then we'll uh, make that make that call so again Jalen Carter Will Anderson another top 10 pass rusher defensive tackle those are the premium positions you would assume the Cardinals are going to look at and you know it's not to downgrade what we've seen at other positions like corner but the Cardinals have glaring omissions glaring holes I mean we tried to listen to Monty Osenford and Jonathan Gannon talk about like the D-line in particular today. It was difficult. Like The Cardinals don't have good players at those positions yeah. under contract. Yeah, the one guy that they, they did have is exiting. The other guy retired. Zach Allen's probably going to command a, a big salary. And then you look at Lecky Fotu and Richard Lawrence as they do their evaluations. I'm curious to hear what they think about the two former fourth-rounders, two guys that th- this organization has waited on for a long time. Like Lawrence, I think, played well when he was healthy, but that yeah. continues to be the trend each of his seasons here in the NFL. But... Uh, you know, we hear Albright where he just feels like, I, I just don't think Anderson's going to be wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform. But then you hear Gannon talk about the position, at least, and in the, the two prospects that you asked about. I mean, it didn't seem like he was just saying, I, I don't see him wearing a Cardinals uniform. I think a guy like Jonathan Gannon would look at Will Anderson. He'll probably talk to him this week and realize that it'd be pretty fun to, to coach that guy day one. Yeah, and you just you can't trade down just to trade down. And we've talked right. about that at nauseum. You don't know who or what's going to be available. You also have to determine, like, is this a deep draft? Like, there could be people that say there's only 16 first-rounders in this draft. There could be people who said that, the, you know, the second round dries up, and that's why you can't trade Isaiah Simmons or DeAndre Hopkins for a late first. Like, it, it's all, you know, objective at this point. And so I don't think we have our answer Again, I think the, the best case scenario is if you were somehow to be able to move down from three to four and assure yourself one of those two guys still. Yeah. But if, if Albright, and he's been adamant about this, and we're going to take him at his word, Houston trying to go up to number one and still get Bryce Young, that to he's me. Saying, he's saying the Bears would trade not once but twice. So he would, they would trade two, from one two to, to two, and two, two to four, four. with Indy. Mm-hmm. It's, if you're the Cardinals – I mean, you're just kind of SOL there. You just can't. Well, you need to just make the pick. If that's what's happening, right? And and you feel like there's two teams trading around you, like you just take the player. Like, well, and that's that's also one of the interesting things I thought that Monty Austinford said is somebody straight straight up asked him like, "Have you fielded any calls?" You know, he said he's open to taking calls about the third third pick, but have you had any calls on it? And he's like, "Well, no, not at this point. I don't anticipate that until closer to the." day but it's like why would any team waste their time calling about three when you've got two spots ahead of the Arizona Until the Bears situation is resolved. That's right. So you've got to potentially wait out not one but two deals. The Cardinals if you're hoping for some kind of mini trade down you need to hope that it's like a Carolina or an Atlanta that comes up to number one. It can't be Houston because that really puts you in a tough spot and it can't be Indy and that that would be difficult for for the Cardinals but I don't know like 
if if we're sitting here at the end of the week and these quarterbacks light it up where we know three of the top four are throwing this week and we feel like would Ryan, it be inexplicable though is if 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 Ryan Poles deals number one to number four? No, I don't think so. It's just Houston just just balked at it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they and they, or they talked themselves into two guys that they really like. Remember that was the Niners situation when they took Trey Lance. It's like we got it's three guys really well. that we really like. We we would have <laughs> taken Zach Wilson. We like Trey Lance. We like Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, to me, it, we're we're not going to get resolution on this. I think for a hot minute, yeah, and I think it would be. be foolish to write off Carter. And uh, to me, if if you had to put put a put a barometer on it, I would say that if the the pickup would be. Jalen Carter today, if both are on the board, do you agree with that? Yes, and then because that's the buzz around Indy is like Carter is going to be the first non-quarterback taken. Like he's not doing on-the-field workouts. I think it's he had a better season, mm-hmm. right? And I, to, depending on who you ask, is a rush interior defensive tackle that can get after the quarterback more valuable than an edge rusher. I think like maybe 60-40 people would say yes. Plus this edge rushing class, we talked about it on yesterday's show. It's got nine guys in the top 50 for Daniel Jeremiah, whereas like there's a couple defensive linemen, but no one's on Carter's level. So to me, like I, I think the conversation changes for Monty and company if Carter gets to three mm-hmm. and you can stick and pick. But like how big of a gap, and I hate that I'm saying this and I'm going to throw up in my mouth, <laughs> is it between Will Anderson Jr. and, and Tyree, the kid from Texas Tech? Like, if you're trading down and you're taking Tyree, I want a future one plus. Like, I'm going to be – if you're talking about just a throwaway pick to take that kid with seven sacks in the Big 12 from Cliff Kingsbury's alma mater, <laughs> I'm going to have a difficult time with that. For a guy who – passing on a guy who had 27 and a half sacks for Nick Saban in the SEC, like, I, I'm giving Monty – and company the benefit of the doubt, but man, oh man, that, that would be a tough sell for the franchise. He had like 56 and a half tackles for loss. He was just an absolute TFL make machine. It, make it make sense. He was good against the, the pass and the run. What, like, what do we know about Wilson? You know, not ultra productive. And also he was, he's, what'd you say, 24? Who? Wilson. Yeah. He's old. Yeah. Well, not Let for me, his earth, but well, for as an NFL draft Yeah, prospect. and the, like somebody made a great point in the chat, and it's not apples to oranges, but it bears repeating. I'm going to talk about this at nauseum during the draft season. Like the Terrell Suggs thing is a is a real thing. This franchise got greedy once upon a time and had two number ones, and they opted not to take Terrell Suggs twice, <laughs> and they took Calvin Pace and Brian Johnson. And Terrell Suggs is like, I'm over here to change your franchise. I went to Arizona State, and they passed on him. They got greedy with their draft picks. Sometimes the smart play is to just stick and pick Cardinals, but it's Monty. It's not Kime, so we should feel good about that. You should feel good about underdog fantasy, by the way. Uh, Kevin Durant, not sure if you guys knew this. He's on the Phoenix Suns now. Supposed to be playing Mignogna tomorrow in Charlotte with the Phoenix Suns. And right now on underdog fantasy, get ahead with you and your buddies on the KD train for the Phoenix Suns. Like, will Kevin Durant hit the higher in his points? Of course he will. Check out Underdog Fantasy. It does daily fantasy sports differently. I've been yearning for this moment. Number 35 for the Suns. I'm going to bet the higher in just about everything I can do. And get this, you can draft up to six NBA players with no positional limits and move forward. Like, you can take the entire starting five for the Phoenix Suns if you want to. I want you... To make it easy on yourself, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code, you guessed it, it's PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Put it on a hundy, boop, get out a hundy on Underdog Fantasy or 5 or 25 or 50 or 75 or whatever you want to do. Do it with Underdog Fantasy. I say this all the time, it bears repeating. We don't have partners that we personally don't believe in. We don't personally we don't use in our per- professional life, our personal life. I use Underdog Fantasy literally every day. I can't wait to wager on Kevin Durant, Underdog Fantasy. Get in on the action today, Bo. Yeah, and I think when I look at all these mock drafts, we talk about the Cardinals looking at Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, and then somebody says Tyree Wilson over any of those two prospects. I'm like, you're not dialing in on your gummy game. Like, mm. you're going to some some uh, some pretty rough stuff, yeah. right? Swag, as we used to call it, like some swag. Not great, not great 
uh, marijuana or cannabis products. And as far as our friends over at OGs, they're going to take care of that, they right? Will. You're not going to be having any bad mock drafts because you had a bad trip. OGs is going to lock you in. They got the happy balance going on. It's the CBD to THC one-to-one ratio. Can't go wrong, especially since it's strawberries and cream. It's a delicious-tasting gummy. And they've got so many different flavors, so many different products that you can get into. You indica, you sativa kind of person. We'll check them out. All their products, you can find them online, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com. Find out all their tropical flavors. How about the orange creamsicle? Our guy, Frank Sanders, of course, you know and love about Frank. He loves the orange creamsicle. He does. He, does. he loves it. He's just, you can't, get, you can't get away from it, but you can't go wrong. How about they get the sleep time gummy? We're staying in a house of horrors as far as an Airbnb. <laughs> I mean, it's there fine. is a Raggedy Ann doll all over the place. Any t- anywhere you turn your head, you can see it, and shrine. it's looking at you. It's a shrine. So it's, it, I'm having a tough time sleeping right now, so I might pop myself <laughs> an OG sleep time gummy. It's aquaberry flavor. It's on point. It's exactly what I need to put me asleep and keep me asleep until I get taken into the depths of hell from Raggedy Ann uh, at our Airbnb, and I don't have to worry about it. I can be rested. I can wake up tomorrow. I can talk to Willie Anderson and ask him all the questions we want to know. Of course. We can talk to Jalen Carter. We can talk to Tyree Wilson. All thanks to our friends to over at O. OG's brands, strawberries and cream, happy balance gummies, live on shelves at your local dispensary. Don't miss out. Check out them, all of them online, ogsbrands.com, and on your socials at OG's Brands. Maybe 21 years or older as well. You do. Rebuild's a dirty word, and I think that Cardinal fans are more patient than we give them credit for than maybe the franchise does. Remember, it was like a quick fix with Kime, and Bidwell would never say rebuild. He would say reload or retool. Mm-hmm. Cardinal fans are patient with all but one thing. Because we've been patient long enough, and that's new uniforms. <laughs> so I, we posted this on Twitter. We talked about it last week. We would ask Monty Austin Ford about the status of the Arizona Cardinals uniform search, and here is what the Cardinal GM had to say. Uh, you know what? That is, uh, there's a lot of areas that are out of my areas of expertise, and I'd put that one up there too. Um, I don't know. I like the bird. I like the Cardinal. It's, it's uh, the same logo as my uh, high school way back in the day, so I, I kind of like it. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that. They'll tell me what's, uh, what's going on with the jersey when we get to it. Okay, so I wouldn't overreact to that as a yes or a no. I would just say he's new and he probably doesn't know. Well, he did say. Did he slip up? He said when they find out about the new jerseys, they'll tell me. Mark Dalton, who's the <laughs> vice president of communications with the Cardinals, like laughed when I asked that. And I prefaced all the media around this. I said, I'm going to ask this question about yeah. uniforms because PHNX Cardinals faithful wants to know. And we ask what you guys want to know. And listen. You're the ultimate man of the people. It's, I am. <laughs> self-appointed. Uh, but it's not nothing. And I think the people who come out and say, stop talking about uniforms. It's dumb. Players care. Coaches care. You don't think Jonathan Gannon and Cliff Kingsbury with swag for days, especially Gannon now, wants his team to look good, play good, right? And we talked about it. We don't have this clip. But like, we were like, you guys were ass last year at home. Like, how are you going to fix the home environment? And mm-hmm. Gannon gave a good answer. He basically said, we just have to win games. You've got one win in 16 months. Uniform, like, get people excited to want to rock a Cardinal jersey and come to State Farm Stadium and root on this team. If it's a running joke that your uniforms are awful, and it is, and they are for 20 years, like how does that? It doesn't improve your. It, it does nothing for you when you're when you're trying to root on the Cardinals. But if you change things up and you get people excited, it doesn't matter what the players look like. At least year one, people will come and support you. And so that's why I always push back. It's like. That's a stupid question. It doesn't matter. It's not football. No, it does matter. Yeah, they're, they're outdated. You look at any time, you know, somebody puts out a, a uniform ranking, you'll find the Arizona Cardinals close to the bottom. There's nobody in their right minds that's putting the Arizona Cardinals as, as one of the most uh, liked uniforms in the league. It's just not. Yeah. It's not. It's not classic. It, they changed it, as you said, close to, what, tw- over 20 years? now. It was in tw- 2004. 2004. Right. 2004, Larry Fitzgerald's second season, and he had to don those duds for basically his entire career throughout. And it, it just was it, – it's, it's, un, it's unfair because, like, we got the Commanders crew over here, and, and they've gone through three uniform changes in three seasons. It's Some teams just, just want it more, man. <laughs> they're, they're terrible, but they're, they're a change of pace, and uh, you can kind of get some part of the fan base on board. But I did like what, what Monty Austin Ford said because I think it is off limits. Like, the bird is off limits. We're not, and that's not fine. touching the bird. The right. bird is, it, 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 it's been there. It's going to continue to be there. 
So I, I'm on board with him keeping the bird. I think the white helmet should stay. I do but too. as far as the threads, the jersey, the pants, that's absolutely. not their identity. Like no. we're not asking you change your identity of the team. I mean, like, yeah, change the culture because it's not good. But like, they could almost go back, and we've talked about this on the show, to like the '90s uniforms. Just throw those on again, or or remodel them, or remaster them so they're a little bit more current. I, I said it before the show to Bo: white pants with a red top, and the and the and the Phoenix, the Arizona flag on the shoulder, and that's it. And then you get the bird on the helmet, and, and you're fine. You could buy yourself a half decade doing that. And more people are going to get put the Nike logo on it. You're good yeah. to go. The piping and it just is so like mid 2000s. It makes me think of like I don't even know old football that's not current anymore. Right. You, you tried it out these uniforms when the when the league was about eye formation and fullbacks and run game. <laughs> I mean, it just the league has changed. Change with the league. Right. It, it looks like if you were to watch any given Sunday and the uniforms that were in that. Yeah. Yeah, or like, uh, what's the movie with Keanu Reeves? Oh, the replacement. Yeah, it's like re- they're replacement level uniforms in more ways than one. We have that clip uh, of Jonathan Gannon. You asked him about this, uh, about one win in sixteen months. This is his answer. Yeah, you know that's uh, you. You want to you want to win every game that you play. You know what I mean. So, I think that uh, I didn't know that stat off the top of my head, but uh, you want it to be a hard place for people to come in and play. And you know, I've played against Arizona a couple times when they were kind of rolling, and uh, it's a hard place to play. It's good fans. It gets loud. Uh, so we want to put a product on the field that we can establish. Uh, you know. Um, home field advantage comes from the team being good. So uh, that's what we need to Flip do first. Cliff that question last year mm-hmm. before the start of the season because they were awful at the end of the 2021 season at home. And he said they were going to change some stuff to fix that. And they didn't. And they were worse at home in 2022. So Gannon, it was just like there's no magic elixir. Like we don't want fans to sell their tickets. Mm-hmm. Do what you want, but we don't want, you know, we want to see it packed with red and white. How do you do that? You got to put on a product that people want to come watch and support. Are you surprised that didn't come up? That, that Bidwell said, "Look, we we had to make a change. We had one home win since October of 2021." I think he likes it because the bar, like the bar, is low, not for the fan base. We people want to see playoffs and that kind of thing. But like, I don't think even Gannon knew how bad it was with Cliff and Kime. Yeah, like because you you see the Cardinals, they're in the playoffs the year before. Kyler Murray's running all over the place. They've got star players all over the place, Buddha and, and, and D-Hop and company and Ertz. And then it's like, oh, wait, they've won one home game in 16 months. If you stick and pick and you're going to put another prospect that you want to hype up in these uniforms, I think that's that's it's not a great move. No. It's not a, I mean, you, you want to – it's it's out with the old and with the new. Uh we got producer Ali here on site. Do we have any super chats today? I know we saw some couple earlier. I wanted, I didn't want to leave anybody out. Yes, we do have one here, and let me double check if we have any other. Mitch said, "Bo and Johnny are the effing best. If ah. we don't get new uniforms, I'm going to lose my crap. <laughs> Keep pressing the issue, guys." Everyone's great. Our all city <laughs> team here is fantastic. We have had. The best time, the best kickoff for the NFL Combine here. And good news, it only continues into tomorrow, the rest of this week. And you guys have made the biggest difference. Like this video, share it around. We appreciate you. Yeah, it's pretty with simple. Us. Ask if you want yeah. to see the Arizona Cardinals get new uniforms. <laughs> hit <laughs> that like well, button. Well, well, no, well. there's 250 hey. plus people in this chat right now. Just hit the like. It's simple. It's easy, and it, and it helps you know move this video up to the front of some Cardinals discussions and yeah it continues to kind of put it out in front of some people i i think the main take i have a couple takeaways from today okay the number one takeaway is that i i think isaiah simmons fifth year option is not getting picked up mm-hmm. number two is deandre hopkins could be traded soon not will he be traded i think he's going to be traded soon and then number three is i i want will anderson to cement himself in the conversation for third overall, and I'm I'm fearful that that hasn't happened yet. All right, I I learned a couple things, and I agree with all your entire assessment. Okay, also you're a man of the per, the people. Thanks, I, I learned I that. It. I appreciate and, that. And that kind of you solidified yourself there, and and I'm scared to go back to the Airbnb. That's all. <laughs> you can't get off the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is we're not going to bed tonight. We get to go out and, and have a good time here in Indianapolis. And we're uh, gonna buckle up. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna let up. it rip. Yes. 
Yes. Let's do it. Yeah, we've got someone asking, when are we getting PHNX branded seatbelts? Buckle oh. up. Oh, that's a great oh. idea. Maybe we'll put it on a shirt in the merchandise <laughs> locker. That's a great. Did you say that? Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, think so. Producer Shane. <laughs> we love Shane. Causing attention. Hey, if, real quick. Go look at the the video we've had on this on this show, and then on our Twitter, PHNX Cardinals. Shane Diefenbach, phenomenal job getting that stuff from from Monty and company. And the good news is that's what you can expect all week when we talk to Jalen Carter and Will Anderson and whomever you want to talk to. So we blow we blow. Oh, Shane's quitting now. Never mind. That's not <laughs> happening. Well, and also like it, it's we it serves a bigger purpose when we hear Monty Osterford say that they're open for business on, on that third overall pick, like. We have to talk to other prospects outside of Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Do we have to. Yeah, now? we do. We got to look at you know Skaronsky. We got to look at Paris Johnson Jr. Some of the offensive linemen, some of the cornerbacks. I think somebody asked about the cornerbacks, Jonathan Gannon. You know that's his forte. He's a defensive back himself. So yes, we have to scour Indianapolis for the Arizona Cardinals' top pick. How many picks do you need? They're going to trade Hopkins. They're going to get one, if not All multiple picks. picks for Hopkins. All the picks. And then you're, you're going to trade down from three and get more picks? Yeah. How many picks do they have right now? They have like eight, seven or eight? Yeah. They could end up with what, 12? I guess. I mean, you take their lottery tickets at the end of the day. Man, oh, man, though. Yeah. Jalen Carter is so effing good. He just absolutely collapses box, pockets do. on his own. It's it's a beautiful thing to see. Also, we talked about the Cardinals uniforms, how brutal they are. We've got great uniforms that you could wear proudly. phnxlocker.com. Check it out. Get your gear. We've got the uh, the celebration, the end zone celebration yes. t-shirt up there. We've got the Hollywood Hills sign on Camelback Mountain. You can mm-hmm. continue to celebrate this team with that t-shirt. You've got the old school bird. Yes. Like the, like the 1990s champion kind of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't go wrong with any of the swag. phnxlocker.com. Plus, our hats are unreal. CHGO was talking and kind of bitching, like, where are our hats? Where are our hats? <laughs> We've got great hats that you can get and you can represent Phoenix, PHNX, Arizona with our hats. We got them ready and available for you. Just go to phnxlocker.com. Work and up. maybe a new shirt dropping soon. That's breaking PHNX news. A little teaser. From Miss Allie, thank you. Wow. And our KD shirt is live too. Yes, or a K, uh, I'm sorry, the the Slim Reaper. Yes, <laughs> we're always in trouble. Mm. This show's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, we need to get out of here. We're coming off. Listen, this is the last. This is the last day of February. Uh, we're coming off our best month to date, and yeah. that's because of all of you. We appreciate you all. If you have not done so already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Like this video, subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube so you know, and this is important to remind everybody, we're going live early this week to bring you the premier content. We're talking maybe 10 a.m. the rest of this week for you. You can watch it on replay, but it's more fun to join live, isn't it? So, you know, set aside some time, hang out with us as we bring you your premier Arizona Cardinal content live from the 2023 NFL Combine. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. See you tomorrow.